Hey guys, it's Nick. Before we get going today, I wanted to give you a few discount codes for the products we love and our show sponsors. So don't just turn this one off. If you're listening to this podcast, we at Hardwick Life want to reward you for your loyalty. So take 25% off of your order by using the code HardwickFF25 because after this long, we consider you friends and family. That's HardwickFF25 at Hardwick.life. It's like Hardwick.com, but that one was taken by a short company. So Hardwick.life is where you can find it. For 20% off at Bub's Naturals, Dot com. Use the code HARDWICK20. That's HARDWICK20 at BubsNaturals.com. And for 10% off at Julian Bakery, use the code Nick Hardwick. That's me at JulianBakery.com. Again, Nick Hardwick at JulianBakery.com. Now, if you want to hear what I take daily and get some insight as to what you should take, maybe stay tuned. If not, skip ahead about a minute and we will be into the show. Thank you all. All right. So you want to know what you should buy. I take six of our Hardwick Life products every day. I originally started that company out of kind of selfish needs. I wanted to get access to the absolute highest grade products in the world. Our supplements are pharmaceutical grade, all of them. They've got unique delivery mechanisms. So you aren't just getting expensive urine. You're actually absorbing the products at a higher rate than cheaper store-bought supplements. I take brain, joint, fuel, phyto, pump, and neuro. Now, that may be a little extreme for you, but those are my jams. Now, I've done a lot of damage to my body. I need all of them. The brain and joint, they're kind of self-explanatory, right? Fuel is one of the only whey protein powders that I can take that doesn't upset my tummy. And we hear the same thing quite frequently from folks that don't process dairy all that well. That's because it's made from New Zealand grass-fed whey. New Zealand has the highest dairy standards in the world. There's a noticeable difference, and the flavor, it's pretty damn incredible. For a Perry workout drink, which Perry workout, you'll hear that term, it means around your workout, or to add protein midday, I put two scoops of fuel with pump, which has three grams of creatine per savoring per serving, 400 milligrams of ATP, which is the body's energy currency, and 95 milligrams of caffeine to get you all fired up. All of those, they allow you to do more work in the gym, getting better results. More work equals better results. Who would have thought? Seriously, you can work harder and have a lower rate of perceived exertion. And I like to add in Fido, which has all of the necessary nutrients, vitamins, and minerals, along with this Patented formula called TrueBrock, which contains glucorophanin, which researchers at MIT are calling the fountain of youth. And lastly, I take neuro about an hour before bed. Dr. Andrew Huberman, a Stanford neuroscientist, hosted the Huberman Lab podcast and recent guest with Joe Rogan. I'm sure some of you listen to that guy. He's pretty awesome. Recommended in our third episode ever. We got him before he blew up. Magnesium L3 and 8, as it's the only form of magnesium to cross the blood-brain barrier. And it increases levels of brain magnesium, and that leads to better cognition and a more robust memory. That's important. It also has a slight sedative effect to help you get to sleep. All right, I'm not going to bore you with more details. Get over Hardwick Life and use the code HardwickFF25 for 25% off. 
Now, you guys that have been following me for a while now know that I've used Bubs Naturals since the company's inception. I don't know. I may be their first ever ambassador. I know there's a lot of bigger names now that are promoting Bubs. The company has blown up and is thriving because many folks like me understand how great their product is. I take two scoops of their collagen protein and one scoop of the MCT oil powder daily with my morning coffee. Try it once. You're going to be hooked. It's unbelievably creamy. The collagen is also really a great way to sneak some protein into your kids' lives too. It's unflavored, so you can add it into pancakes, oatmeal, mac and cheese, or juice. And they're not going to notice a thing. Use the code HARDWICK20 for 20% off. Lastly, before we get to the show, I want to tell you about my friends at Julian Bakery. This company, they've really got their act together. I believe most people could use more protein in their lives. It's got a very positive effect on satiety, brain signaling, and maintaining a healthy body weight. I recommend one gram of protein per pound of body weight. Please don't listen to Zach Efron's trainer who on their show falsely ties too much protein to kidney failure and loss of bone density. And certainly don't go to the Game Changers propaganda documentary on Netflix for your science. Neither of these use actual science. There's a lot of kooks out there, folks. We're going to keep fighting the good fight. I love a variety of protein. Obviously, I've told you about our whey protein, Bub's Collagen Protein. And Julian Bakery's specialty, in my opinion, is their egg white protein powder. They come in ridiculous flavors like pumpkin pie, coconut, maple glaze, donut. They blend easily. They're a great addition in the middle of the day. Use the code Nick Hardwick for 10% off. That's Nick Hardwick for 10% off. All right, that's enough. Let's get you back to the show. Love y'all. Good morning, afternoon, evening, uh, whatever time you're listening. It's the Hardwick Life Podcast. I'm Nick Hardwick with co-host Jamie Hardwick. How are you, babe? Hello, Nicholas. I'm good. How are you? Everything is well? Sort of. Yeah, you're not feeling great. Not feeling great. And we sort of had an incident this morning, didn't we? There, I mean, not, not you and I between each other. We did have one at the gym, which was a little scary. Little, little, the didn't it? little out of left field. Did you feel an adrenaline release as it happened? A little bit. I did. So we're at the gym. We're training together, which was super fun. So. Super fun. We only do it maybe once a week. Yeah. But it was it's always fun. It was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a really good pump. We did chest, shoulders, and triceps. And if you want to know what we do, we basically take like three exercises, do four sets of 8 to 12, and try to get as close to failure on the last two sets of every exercise that you can. So every body part gets three to four exercises and three to four sets and 8 to 12 repetitions and try to get close to failure. Jamie's currently trying to pop her back. <laughs> so we're at the gym today, and like just random. Uh, well, it wasn't random that our friend was there. Our buddy trains at the gym as well, and he's like getting confronted by a female who's working out there, and it was very bizarre because he's got his earbuds in, sticking to himself, training. And he's and sort of like he is to himself. He's quiet. He's a quiet he's a guy. Quiet guy. Yes. You know, so even looking his... over and seeing the girl and him talk, I was like, oh, that's weird. But whatever. Maybe yeah. they're just chit chatting. Yeah. It, it was not a chit chat. It was she not was a chit chat. Ass out for nothing. nothing. Absolutely nothing. Like he wasn't making eye contact, and I think he was getting yelled at for make, not making eye contact. Like she was on a machine. He was at the platform. He was doing his work, minding his business, keeping his head down. And just started getting yelled at by what we eventually found out appeared to be a highly emotionally and mentally unstable human being at the gym. And then 
Jamie kind of piped in. And what was your first thing that you said? So, well, no. So I, Anthony took out his earbud, our friend, and was like, I don't know why I just got screamed at. And I was like, by her? And that's, I did like the girl was staring across the gym at us. I go, by her? And he goes, yeah. And she comes over and she started bowing up at me. Yeah. Was, what are you looking at? Yeah, Do you like, know my name? Yeah. She was like, that was what she kept saying to Anthony too. Do you even know my name? Do you even know my name? And I was like, what is going on here? How would we know your name? You're new here. It seems like you don't work out at this time usually. And you have failed to introduce yourself. And further, I would not want to know your name. At this point, so she said that to you. Do you even know my name? And I was like, she's like no. Oh, I was... well, look at you. Aren't you just pretty and cute? And God must love you more than me. Isn't that right? God must love you more than me. And she just kept doing this whole deal. And I was like trying to put myself in the middle. And I'm like, okay, we're sorry. There must have been a misunderstanding. And it was like, it was uh, it was a little tension. It was weird. A yeah. Of, and and I kind of, kind of kept trying to turn my back. It was like, okay, you go work out. We're going to okay. do our thing. Okay, yeah. go. Thank you. And Don't she, look the zombie in the eyes. And she just kept going. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was getting a little scary to the point where when we left, I wrote the owner an email and I sent the email that I wrote to the other people who were around. And I was like, could you guys please follow up? Because look, I'm trying to get a workout in. <laughs> We've got a pretty cool crew that comes in there and it's taken months to be able to develop relationships and everything. And this one girl comes in, and in one one foul swoop one ruins five minute, everything. Five minute window, it was like, oh my god! And now, when we're working out, seriously, Jamie was doing an exercise. I'm facing the girl to make sure that she's not gonna like shoot her or knife her or whatever was gonna happen. Yeah, she but was. There was a lot of emotional instability there, and it was it was sad for her. I mean, once we finally removed ourselves from the situation and the fear kind of subsided, it was like. Sad for her. She's got to live with that. That sucks. I know. And this She's comes, this, this little episode this morning came right after we just stayed up last night a little late watching the Anthony Bourdain documentary. Yeah, called Roadrunner. Which, very well done. If we you're a Bourdain fan, we loved, highly recommend. We love Anthony Bourdain. Loved. And his... Probably his, saw every single episode. Yeah. We'd still love to, at some point, go on at least some of the uh, travels that he got. And he just, he's such a, yeah, he was just such a genuinely good person. Like I just loved everything his show stood for. Like he really did try to uncover like the beautiful parts of what are often assumed to be shitholes in our world. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And places that the news only highlights for the low lights. Exactly. Yes. They get on the low light reel basically of the world political Of the war, of the poverty amongst the country, of the, yeah, the unrest. And he would go in and he'd always find, you know, a lovely family to dine with. Yes, and kind of get to the heart of it and find the emotional and extract that juice out and share it with the rest of the world and make you want to travel potentially to places that were like big no-nos on a lot of people's travel list. Totally. And he would take you in there and through food and communal kind of uh, settings, he would really just make the, the people, he would bring the personalities of the people out. Right. And I think the humanity of the people, right, where it's like, it doesn't matter where you're at, humans are humans. Right. And I think he would find the similarities in humans more than the differences, despite some of the living conditions that they were in. But it was, it was hard to watch. Honestly, it was really hard to watch because he seems to be such a 
you know, all the success and the fame that he got, yet he's still just an incredibly tortured soul and never seemed to come to peace with any of it. Obviously, he took his own life. He hung himself, which, as they said in the documentary, is just another form of torture. And him and an artist, David Cho, have talked about being an artist, and Anthony's an artist in his own right, you know, through the food and also through uh, the show and the writing and all of that. He's an artist, and they talked about, like, needing torture and needing suffering to produce their best art, yet that constantly searching for the torture seems to, it obviously ate him. Yeah. It, it ate him up, and it's it's really tragic. And, it's, and it, I guess for me, when I think about it, it's like it doesn't matter how successful you are if you don't come to terms with yourself. And you can push through so much shit in your life. And Anthony had a great childhood, and he talked about it, but he resented it. For whatever reason, he just had a dark soul, and he resented his childhood. He resented his parents for the idyllic setting and their relationship and all that. And he never seemed to come to terms with it. And he found heroin early, and then he found other things that he could latch on to once he shed the heroin and found the addictions within those relationships or jobs or careers or whatever it was. And he continued to just put everything he had into those, yet he was never able to settle down and, like, come to peace with who he was and what what he represented in the world, which to me is super sad. Super sad. And I think, I mean, you know, we talked about the girl today at the gym. He obviously suffered mental health issues. And it's something, you know, it doesn't matter what it appears like on the outside. You don't know what people are going through on the inside. And that's, it's just another reason, you know, in this world right now with all the crap going on and all the hostility, it's like you have to be nice to everyone. You don't know. Like even that girl today at the gym, I think I said it to you. I was like, who knows what she's going who through? Knows? She might have just received an awful diagnosis, you know. Yeah, you did say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she just might – it might be like the worst day of her life. And I just – if we can look at even – you know, what we deem crazies or, you know, angry people, if we can just look at them with a little bit of love and compassion, I think the world would be better because you really don't know the struggles people are going through. Yeah. Yeah. So I just got off of a call with the NFL transition team, which I think I've shared a little bit here as I I went through, it's been what, 10 months now Mm -hmm. of an NFL transition coaching program where Weekly, we get together. There's about 20 of us, and we get together with team clinicians, which are their team psychiatrists, which every team has now in-house embedded, which is super cool to help the guys deal with mental health and sports psychology and all the things to help them as players. So I just got off of a call with that, and it just reminded me we're doing a program in October called Life Beyond the Game. And it's really cool because I've been asked to – be a part of this transition team and I get all this training and we've done mental health first aid and we've got a uh, suicide intervention program that's coming up that's 14 hours that's super intense and everything and I had a conversation with a teammate recently and that just kind of the transition coach thing reminded me of the conversation that I had yesterday with a teammate uh, based on how I felt this weekend where it's been seven years since I've been out of the NFL now. 
mm-hmm. you remember all the success and all the great stuff that came of that, the finances, the, you know, how hard you worked to get to that point. Yet there we were two months after my retirement press conference, which how many people get a retirement press conference in the first place? Yeah, we were really lucky. We were really, really lucky mm-hmm. to have gone through that. And two months after that, I had a job. I had it by the balls. Like we were, we were sailing. It was like, cool, retired, healthy, saved all the money, got a great relationship, got two young boys. We have a name for ourselves in the community. And then two months later, I'm like, hey, babe, uh, you're going to take everything but a million bucks and I'm going to go to Nicaragua and check the hell out of this life. And that was just obviously a real cry for help for me. But it hit me this weekend. I've been in a super great place for, I don't know, it's, it seems like months now. I'm like really settled. I don't know if it's like coming into 40 years old or whatever. But I've just, and I do credit a lot of the transition coaching program for the work that I've been doing, like trying to think about helping other people, but you have to do the work yourself before you're able to really help other people. It's like I was laying in bed and I thought, I'm finally at a place now where I can make friends outside of football. Like I finally feel at a place where I know how to have friends. I know how to maintain friendships. I know how to reach out. I know how to follow up with people. I know how to ask questions. I know how to listen to responses. You know, and it's like, holy shit, I'm 40 years old, seven years out of the NFL, and I'm finally at a place where I can maintain a relationship outside of us. And outside of, I mean, it's crazy. Very small circle. Crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy to think of. You know what I've heard, and you'll probably know way better than this. But as soon as you, people say, as soon as you begin, you know, having head hits. So wherever that means, Mm -hmm. as soon as you start having any sort of brain damage, your body is stunted at that age. In terms of, you know, emotional and social development. And so it's interesting because I think football players in general, I mean, as much as you guys are like, you know, sometimes above and beyond, you know, in your financial success or in, you know, certain things people look up and are like, wow, I think a lot of things are stunted. There, there's a lot of developmental gaps yeah. that are left. And I don't think it has a whole lot to do with the head hits, although I'm sure that factors in a little bit, but just the way life is constructed for us, there are a crazy amount of developmental gaps. So most relationships for football players are one-sided, right? Where I'm coming into a relationship, you know everything about me, I know nothing about you, and it becomes now awkward for me to ask you questions. I get asked questions. I'm the player. The reporters ask me the questions. I get the answers. So to ask questions in reverse is like, whoa. Unnatural. It's very unnatural. Mm -hmm. You have to learn actually how to ask questions and go through that process. And and that's what friends do, right? Friends share. Friends get vulnerable. Not in the locker room, you don't. Not in the locker room. Bullshit. It's alpha male. I'm hiding every weakness that I have from you because you may try to exploit that at some point. But when you break out of the locker room, now we have to go back and dig into some of that stuff that we shelved for a long time some of that vulnerability, some of the relationship skills, some of the question asking. Like, I can't tell you, I interviewed Sean Merriman or, you know, you interview former teammates and you're like, holy shit, I wish I would have known that about you. And right. I had no idea he was homeless. Right. I had no idea his house burned down and he lived in a shelter for, and he had to, you know, there's so many things like every teammate had something super cool. 
can you imagine the bonds that would happen if like vulnerability were a part of a locker room? Right. You know, and relationships and how deep those things would go and then how much healthier we would be leaving the game if we actually had real friendships within the game and didn't just talk about football and didn't just talk about some of the superficial stuff, but talked about one another other than with just one or two guys. Yeah. I mean, think how much more you would fight for another guy if you cared more for him. Right. You know, and love for, love for them. But I do think there's a, there's a point where people look at success and it's like, oh, it's all good, right? So to kind of bring it full circle here. But there is so much plowing through and looking past all of those things, like the relationship gaps or the emotional gaps and uh, some of the... Or even like time management. Like You guys never had to manage a schedule. People tell you where to go, when to be there. I can't tell you how much pain in the ass those football players are to deal with. Right. Like to get a response. Now that I'm trying to get response, they, they're pain. Football players are pains in the asses, and I'm sure all athletes are. Everything is handled, right? Food's there. Here's when you eat. Here, show up, do this. I'll even give you a sheet of paper. You don't even have to answer an email. Like companies, we don't operate on emails. It's loaded in your iPad, in your game plan on a weekly basis. So, like, answering emails is a learning curve. Oh, you know, now we got to go. There's so many things that you don't know how to do. Right. And feel completely incapable of, but you have to go back and retroactively learn how to do all those things. Right. And at the same time, like, be super proud of the work that you did. Yeah. And be super pumped at your success, but realize now I've got some gaps that need to be filled in. So I got to go back and color in some of those gaps. And it's taken seven years to get here. And I'm certainly not done with my personal work. But when you think about success, a lot of times you're like, man, that person has no issues. There's a lot of issues. They're just hiding it. Right. They're just plowing through. And that's, that is, I guess, the one benefit of like that kind of mentality is, all your feelings, your emotions, all those things, when you cross the white lines or when we come to work or when we go to practice, we just go. And it's like a safe place and you can come get all that done and you can stuff that down into a deep, dark box somewhere in the back of your brain and not worry about it. But at some point, it comes and grabs you. Yeah. You know, the same thing kind of with Anthony Bourdain. It's like, at some point, you have to define with who you are and where you're at. the success that you want in life yet yes but other people it's like are you good with yourself you know are, are you happy with what you're doing on a daily basis are you fulfilled do you find joy in your relationships because that shit's way more important than individual success. right i thought it was really cool in the documentary last night when he had that brief moment with iggy pop you know iggy yeah. was like a super hardcore 70s partier yeah. crazy yeah and Anthony's like, so all of that stuff, how do you find excitement anymore? Do you remember what his answer was? It was in the connections, right? He said it was in love, yeah. in loving people and feeling love, you know, and from feel, those. Feeling that was the one thing. Yeah. Like giving love and then feeling loved. Yeah. Those are the two things that excited him now. Yes. So when all the, you know, 
hot models and heroin and alcohol and yeah. clubs are gone. That's really what what stuck. That was, that I thought was that different. was like a moment. I was like, yeah, you know, because yeah. when you do, when you peel back all the layers, that's all you have is love, right? And that's all you want as a human is to love and be loved. So, love and be loved. yeah, that was a moment. Yeah, that's like on the hierarchy of human needs about torture. Right, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And then, right. Yeah, I have a bitch right there. And that's the thing is, like, Anthony was kind of interviewing him, but he didn't keep that in mind. I know. You know, and, and like, accepting love and accepting that people do love you. Right. And Anthony was loved. By every. Gosh, everybody's life he touched. Yeah. But that is one of those things, right? It's like, he is a natural introvert, and he was living in an extrovert world. Right. Where he became so famous that everybody knew him. Yeah. And I can't imagine that would be highly uncomfortable. Right. Because I'm, I'm 50% introvert, 50% extrovert. I wouldn't cast it on me. Yeah. And I like people, but I also need alone time. Right. Anthony can't go anywhere in the world or couldn't almost. Yeah. Not be spotted. So, like, especially when he came home to New York and he's with his family and he's trying to, like, Anthony, you're the man. Why aren't you somewhere else? And then. I can imagine for him, he's sad to leave the family, but also he's like getting some anonymity. So right. Overseas. But then yet, he's in a restaurant and you would think, oh yeah, anonymous. He's working his ass off. It's 24 hours, bang, bang, in a city, but he's being followed by a camera, documented, surrounded by everybody. Right. Told what to do and how to stand and Sometimes and, it, and it's funny because, you know, again, we've watched the show at least 10 years, yeah. you know, we watched it we together watched a long time, and yeah. I have to say like so many times we would look at each other and be like, man, to have his life. Yeah. And then to have this glimpse on the other side of it, wasn't all it cracked up to be. So again, right. it's one of those things. It's even if somebody's life appears awesome. Yeah. It's not, it's not always. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he would trade for you know, happiness and just contentment. Right. Love. And kind of, he always, what they were saying in the thing was he had an idyllic version in his head of what a family would look like. And everything he did did not really support that vision. But when the vision wasn't coming to fruition, there was like, this isn't working for me. Right. Yeah. Which it's just sad. Super sad. Right. Yeah. So, Anyway, well, I'm glad to have you. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. to have your support. And I'm glad when I came to you and uh, said I'm going to Nicaragua, you looked at me like, shut the fuck up. You're not going anywhere, buddy. Right. I think you were holding Teddy in your arms at the time. He was probably one. He was, yeah. He was young. Little. He was young. And Hudson was three and probably watching Bubble Guppies or Paw Patrol or something on the TV. And I come in bawling and you're like, uh-uh, buddy. You're not doing anything. You're so. not getting off this yeah. easy. So you saved my life. So oh, f- so thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm well, always here for you. I don't know what was going to happen in Nicaragua, but I'm just going to go ahead and assume it probably wasn't. Wasn't going to be good. Wasn't going to last long, and it wasn't going to be good. <laughs> wasn't a wholesome existence you were going for. So, no. So, <laughs> it wasn't an unwholesome one. It was probably a death trap uh, is what it was. So. Well, I'm glad you're here. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, thank, and I'm glad for the you. work that you're doing right now. It's pretty neat because I know you went through that dark place. Gosh, mm-hmm. this is a dark podcast, so gosh. It, I know. It's, I super, know, but it's, it's super heavy. I it's, know it's necessary. But it's not, and it's not dark because if you do the work, you can come out of it. 
Right. But you got to be willing to do the work. And I think this is what we were talking about yesterday is we're super, and you were like, we're super lucky. You know, we're super lucky to have each other. We're super lucky to have our kids. And yet there's a lot of just luck involved in it. Like we got engaged six months after we started dating. And it was just like, we had probably spent, I don't know, seven days in one another's presence before I, like as a couple, before I proposed to you. And you're like, I think you looked at me and it was more like, sure. I mean, what do I have to lose? You know, it was kind of that type of thing. And then here we are, but the, the, I guess where the success really lies for us is the daily, just one, you work hard. I work hard at, on ourselves individually, maintaining a positive outlook, taking care of ourselves physically, working out, staying engaged socially, which you've done a really good job of encouraging me to do more, which I'm finally like there, I think on the other side of that, which that's a, a sign of mental health too. So if somebody's like disengaging from life and you're noticing that and they're not calling you back and they're not texting you really stay after them and check up on their mental health. Cause they're probably struggling deep down. So like they call that isolation and I would call it caveman mentality where you, you can't take care of anybody else. You only have to take care of yourself in your cave. So that's that. But the, the work I think that goes into our daily lives has allowed a lot of our success. And I don't mean like financial success cause who gives a shit? I, what I mean is success as a family and being close and having kids that were really happy. And I hate to say I'm proud of them, but they should be proud of themselves. And yeah, just a relationship that we were, we're super happy with, but it's work, right? It's work and discipline and sacrifice and, you know, putting the family first. So anyway, happy to have you love. Love you. Yeah. Thanks for listening, you guys. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Yeah, we should do something. Like, I feel like we should sing a fun song or something. Next week will be way more jovial, I promise. We'll talk all about Nick turns 40 this week. I do turn 40. So we'll talk all about birthday celebrations. I I think I've been talking about 40 for a long time now. Like, you're, an old, least, you're an old soul. Like, I think you're going to be stoked when you're 40. I think you're going to be more stoked when you're 50. Yeah. Like, I think you use these, like, little... I like this. Yeah, aging is like milestones and like I made it. Yeah. I just yeah, there's there's wisdom that comes with age and experience. And mm, so there's wrinkles. I don't want to get old. There's wrinkles and loose skin uh, and hair that hair. Show, hair that shows up in strange places <laughs> like my shoulders and triceps and such. Ugh. And, it's all good. Yeah, wow. And Age. It, I tell you, and it doesn't feel great to get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> that, could, can we just talk about that for a moment? Like getting out of bed in the morning, every single morning, it's like, oh, fuck. What have I done to myself? <laughs> and it's like, come on, man. Get up. Get up. Get up. All right, we're good. We're good. We're upright. And then, boom, once you get going, here we are. Oh, hi. So, hey, Dale. Dale wants to say hi. Guys, we love you. We thank you so much. Uh, if you need us for anything, reach out. Here, I'm, I'm uh, Nick at NickHardwick.com. Reach out. Hit me on DMs. If you need somebody to tell a story to or to share an experience or, uh, hey, I'm struggling, Nick. Can you help me out? Yeah, I'm here for you. So I promise you I write everybody back that ends up in my DMs. I may not get to it in the first couple days, but I'll be there. So, um if you need me, get me at Nick Hardwick, 
and follow her because she's funny at jamie.hardwick. And we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Okay, bye. Bye, guys.